Hey guys, welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and I am so hyped for this episode. I can't even tell you how excited I am because it's something that like hasn't really been spoken about a lot. And like being completely honest, I'm not really the best person to give advice because I've not been there myself, but I know it's such an important part of the competing cycle and of the process itself. And if you are new into this industry or you're very like in the trenches and you're loving it, you, I still want you to listen to this because I think it's something that every single competitor needs to do and needs to be aware of is when there is a life after they decide to hang up their heels. And I think I'm so, so proud and so excited for what these two girls are doing. They are ex-compact athletes, still very, very good friends of mine, but I absolutely love what they are doing with Flourishing Competitor. So I'm going to let them say what it is because I'm not going to do it justice but welcome Danny Bosworth and Charlotte Pickstock to the podcast girls. Thank you for having us. Thanks Jess. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited for what you guys are doing like it's so sick so tell us in a nutshell what you guys are up to and then we're going to go into a lot of tours a lot of questions I have myself around life after competing going to body image relationship with food identity crisis maybe coaches we're going to do the whole lot so go into what flourishing competitor is and then we'll take it from there Danny do you want to start okay right shall I cover right I'll cover what our sort of aim is and then you can cover what topics we're going to sort of dive into so basically we are together the flourishing competitor and what that is is essentially a community a support network for anyone who is currently competing has competed in the past or is going through the post-show process or the transition into quote-unquote normal life after bodybuilding which is a really 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 difficult transition to go through I would argue it's 10 times more difficult than prep itself and people often don't actually realize that until they go through it so it's really important that you you actually prepare yourself for because anyone who's listening to this who is competing at the moment or who might compete in the future There is going to come a day for every single one of you where you decide to step away from bodybuilding, whether that's out of your own choice or whether that's due to you being forced to due to other life commitments, injury, illness, due to health issues that you've experienced as a result of competing. Sometimes you might be forced to make that decision earlier than you might want to. So it's really important to prepare yourself for this transition and to make it as smooth as possible. Because like I said, it's 10 times as difficult as what prep actually is. And there's not enough support for people going through this process. So myself and Charlie want to provide that support for you. We want to educate you on what goes on throughout this process from a physiological perspective. And we also want to provide you support for the the challenges that you might face and we've made a point of saying that like anyone who does like ask us questions anything like that is completely anonymous like and we're not judging you and we can relate as well we've been through this process personally as well in as well as having the professional knowledge to help you through it and having coached many people through it as well so Charlie do you want to touch on some of the topics that we're sort of digging into and how we're going to help people with that yeah, so as Danny said, it's kind of becoming to that acceptance of someday it's going to happen. So whether you're going through it now 
or whether you are still a current competitor. A lot of the background research Danny and I were doing when we were kind of doing Q&As and things that people were struggling with, which obviously I'll point down some um, areas that we're specialising in at the moment. A lot of the times when we were coming to answer questions, we were talking about hindsight and knowing things prior to stopping competing and that's why it's so important that if you're still in the industry you are making yourself aware of all of these things now because if you can build up a bit of background knowledge you're going to have a much smoother transition as you come out of the other side so some of the key areas that we're kind of focusing in on are obviously um physiological health so your things like um making sure that you're looking after your nutrition and thinking about flourishing health and getting the most from an actual full life things like losing your menstrual cycle and all of the health issues, potential health and fertility issues that can come with that long term. We're thinking about things like body image, which can be massively implicated through through the coaching and sorry, coaching prep process. And that falls into your psychological health on the whole, your social health, because there's going to be so many ties that are involved socially with competing and how you build up that outside of um, outside of your years prepping things like identity when we talk about mental health and coming out of the industry and, and figuring out who you are again and this like the steps to actually beginning that process and everything else that comes with that to be honest it's so multifaceted yeah. they're the kind of areas that we're delving in on to begin with and I guess it comes to a point of kind of really thinking about who you are and then pushing out from kind of a mental and physiological health perspective there yeah. When you think and just to, like, oh sorry Dan sorry I was just gonna say just to add for anyone listening like I know I mentioned it, it's a community the flourishing competitor is actually a Facebook group and that is where the community is going to reside and that's where we're going to be posting all of our exclusive content for the time being so if you want to join it's completely free of charge anyone can join whether you're a past present or future competitor so if you type in the flourishing competitor on facebook and join the group we'll accept you straight away or you can use the link in our instagram bio that's the thing like when you think when you go in when you come into this industry how much do people drill down your head right that's even the same they drill into your head you've got you know you've got to do an off season first you've got to prep yourself before the prep and all this stuff but it's like there's no chat about the other side like yeah. there's a bit of chat about pro show but there's no chat about okay you need the same way you got into this industry is kind of similar the way that you've got to come out of it if you actually want to come out of it like the best way that you can but no one chats about it because I guess in hindsight no one's been through the process to have the knowledge to tell them what to do if that makes sense and I yeah. think that's where Danny and I think there is definitely a pocket for people to do that because what we tend to see is that people either come out of it and they absolutely detest bodybuilding and they feel like it ruined them as a person and it just brought so much loss to their life and they actually can't just get on board with liking that part of their life at all and they have to stand completely against bodybuilding yeah yeah, so there is kind of like avoiding doing it or you're out of it where actually there is definitely a grey area where you don't have to have a negative relationship with it full stop and can actually build yourself up to not have to get to that position of, of I guess, bitterness of it with negativity of it because it has completely destroyed you. You can actually take that staircase to build yourself back up out of it again, just the same way as you took your staircase down into it and get to a point where you can, I guess, appreciate what it did give to you at the time, but mm. also healthily move out of the other side. Yeah, because like I think you do see a lot of people, um, and to be honest, this is something that I've always thought about 
um, if I didn't have Compaq and I wasn't involved in the industry the way I am, like, would I be that person that would just like wash my hands completely? Or would I still like, with like you kind of guys, like, you know, you still appreciate, you support people still in the industry and all that sort of stuff. That's always been in, the, in my mind, actually. I'm thinking, hmm, if I wasn't like as involved in it, if I, yeah, when that time comes that I do, because I actually, when like, you yeah, know, the last time I competed, when I took that three year off season, I generally didn't know if I was going to compete ever again. I really yeah. didn't know. And I was so fearful because of how bad my last post show was. I was very fearful to even put myself in that remit again. So I generally just think, just thought, you know what? Like if, if this is, if this is the way that my compete in life's meant to be, then fine. I can still be involved in the sport in a different way. Yeah. But luckily I had, you know, a really, really good, last season last post show is best it have ever has been but it still has got me thinking to the future of like okay what like what actually like what do I actually need to do realistically when you do get when it does get to that point and like is yeah. there certain things that you guys in hindsight wish that like you potentially because I think Charlie no who's who's like Danny how long has it been that you've last competed it was 2020 right yeah and then Charlie was 2019. Yeah. So do you, if you don't mind asking, like what made the, like, was it kind of like, what was this kind of like the timeline for both of you of you kind of knowing, right, I think I'm coming to the end of like my competing journey. Was it quite sudden? And it was like, boom, okay, this is like, you know, the car's flashing red. I'm going to go take it to the MOT. Or was it kind of like a, like it kind of like slowly lingered and it was like you didn't really make a decision for ages like talk to us both about that process for you because I guess it can be different for everyone right I'll I'll let Charlie explain his but like this is where we differ a little bit and like I obviously did my last show in 2020 but I knew in the back of that my head that that was going to be my last show I didn't I didn't publicly say that but I knew deep down that that was going to be my last prep. Whereas obviously, yeah, I'll let Charlie talk about herself in a minute. But for me, I think like that prep, first of all, it was the year of like Corona. So it was so long and drawn out. Like I literally, I started prepping, I think it was the end of January and I didn't step on stage until September. And then I stepped on stage again in October. So obviously I was literally prepping all year. And the sensible thing for me to have done would have been to stop prep. But when you're in the midst of a prep, your ability to be sensible is very suppressed. (laughs) So obviously like I was just so laser focused on that goal. There was, there would have been nothing that would have stopped me getting on stage that year. Like I was like, I'm finishing this prep and I am going to get on stage. I obviously had a lot going on in my personal life that year as well. And prep became more of like a coping mechanism for me and something to give me focus to get me through that period of my life. And when it became that, I think I started to realize sort of towards the end of the prep um, what it really was for me. And the fact it was actually at that point, it was just something I was doing to focus on. It was a coping mechanism. It was something to get me through that phase of my life. And I sort of became very, I just became very robotic and like pretty emotionless I went to my prep, my, I went to one of my shows and remember just like 
not feeling really anything as a result of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't really excited for it. I was just like, I, I, I'm just going to do this show. Um, I think it was, first of all, there was the British, the British finals was the first one that I did. Mm. That was the one where I was kind of like, I was actually quite disappointed there because I wanted to do very well. Um, but that was the one where I first got feedback about potentially being a bit too muscular. Bear in mind, I really like to train very hard. So that for me was that kind of feedback kind of like made me realize, oh shit, like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Because I actually really enjoy training really hard and Mm -hmm. I still wanted to do better in the next show. And I almost like sacrificed my enjoyment to be able to do better. Like I, for that next show, I came in quite small. We basically like didn't carb up at all. I came in completely flat and I was just pushing myself through that. And I think, again, that determination maybe came from the wrong place. And me and Charlie have spoken in a few of our like Q&As and um, podcasts about prep sometimes providing a bit of a false sense of progression in life so that you don't have to look at other areas of your life and it can also be used as a bit of a mask and that's definitely what I was using prep as but I wanted to, I was determined to finish the season and like Alicante for example that was my probably one of my favorite show experiences but because of the people that I was with and the weekend I had around the show for me the show was just like a very small part of that Mm. and I kind of knew in the back of my head that that was going to be the last show so I used it as almost a bit of a celebration and yeah so the reason I sort of knew that I needed to take a step back was like I said I just felt quite numb emotionless I lost due to what went on personally that year I lost a lot of friends that year who were in the bodybuilding industry as well and I knew that I basically needed to take a step back and sort my life out like that that is what it comes down to I needed to address other areas of my life that needed addressing and I also knew that my health was in the absolute gutters and I needed to sort that out so at the time I had an issue with my rib it was called like apparently floating rib syndrome it was basically where my bottom rib had come away from where it should have been and I should have really stopped prep at that time but I didn't I carried on prep so I had that issue to sort out I didn't have a menstrual cycle for a very long time wasn't obviously performing very well in the gym at that point because I had the injury and also my strength was just shit because of prep um so I just knew that I had a lot to sort out and I was kind of like craving life if that makes sense like I I, ju- I was like what have I got to my life apart from bodybuilding nothing mm-hmm. and maybe my business like that to me was a very sort of worrying realization and I was like oh my god I've got nothing else except bodybuilding so I need to go and sort that out and would- that was the point that where I was like I need to take a step back so would you say it was kind of like a slow and steady kind of grower or would did it like did it slap you on the face and you're like yeah that's it I I know which 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 part which party do you think you're in with that it was slow and steady but it was throughout the prep so by the time I'd got to that last show I knew so at, like as soon as I'd stepped off stage I knew that that was going to be my last show but it was slow and steady throughout the prep I just didn't voice that and I think that's something that's quite important actually like 
in order to be able to make decisions for yourself it's important not to act on things instantly and like voice things instantly on social media for example because if you're getting opinions thrown at you left right and center for example as soon as I did say something about it I got messages from other coaches like well-known coaches saying why are you not competing again you're literally so close to a pro card like all of these messages if imagine you're trying to make this huge life decision and you're getting all these opinions thrown at you like it's so important to actually I think when you're making decisions like this to take some time to yourself and not like throw things out on social media instantly because you're going to get shit tons of opinions thrown at you if you do that. I always say don't make a decision on prep while you're on prep. Make a decision when you're kind of like, when you've got, I guess when you've got a bit of your head, that's what I do anyway. I never make any big decisions until after my preps. So I know what you mean. And your cognitive function in prep is absolutely terrible. Like you can't, you can barely think straight. So do you really think you're going to be able to make the best decisions? No, probably not. (laughs) It's a no for me. I'll be honest, before you start, Shar, I'm going to be really honest. There's been a few, I think it's been, what, three, I can't do maths. That shows my prep brain's probably still around. Uh, it's been maybe like three years that you've lasted some stage. And for the past two, I'm going to be really honest with you, there's been part of me that's like, mm, is she done? I don't know if she's done. And I felt like, yeah, the, I might be completely wrong here, but for my, the way I could see it, you were toying with it and you were going back and forth. That's the vibe I was getting. You, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So Danny's was very clear cut and mine wasn't so clear cut. I knew after, so Prague was my last show. And I knew after that, that something wasn't like, right. Like I knew I was stepping away for a bit. I got off stage and just burst into tears. Like, and you know, like Alicante had been hard as well. And like, and I knew something had to change then, but I wasn't quite sure what. I don't, didn't know if it was an off season. I didn't know I just needed some time out. I didn't really have an intention of not going back. Like my intention was like, right, I need to finish this with a better head on me and a better headspace, but I need some time out here. Like I'm done for now. Obviously I've been kind of like flogging the horse for, for quite a while. And I think at that point when it got to Prague, I'd just gotten so tired of hearing of hearing the same feedback of hearing yeah you're really close it could have been any three of you but we just had one pro card or like I just got really tired of hearing that and um I was just like there's no clear pathway here there's not like get a bit leaner or grow this or do that it's like the same thing every time I'm being so close every time um to be to be really honest I was just bleeding money out for something that was just being like oh just not yet just not yet and then again in all honesty like I started competing in 2014. I traveled the world with NABA and got sponsored to do so. And they were my best years of competing. But when I was going to a different country and doing a show and then experiencing that country, and that's why I loved competing was because I'd pick a show and go, cool, I'm going to go and compete there and I'm going to go and have an experience there. And then with the new rules that came in where you had to bleed money in this country first before you had the allowance to go abroad, like I was like, this is not why I got into this. Like, this is not this competing was always my thing and now I felt like it was in the hands of someone else um so that that was a big thing for me I was like for me that's just completely taken away half of why I I do this and secondly my nature is that if I do something I want to be the best at it or give it a bloody good crack at being the best at it and I knew that to be to give that extra little one percent or five percent to not be second place that I wasn't willing to do what that took 
And at that point, I had gotten to the end of that prep and it took my absolute soul from me, that prep. And I thought, do you know what? I've been competing for so long now. I've been so close. And if this isn't enough, I'm not willing to do that last bit. And I think it got to a point where the more that I sat with that over the years and I thought, and you know what? And I've said this to Danny, like I got a bit of an itch when I saw Becky Dean win her pro card last year. And obviously I was there and I was like, oh, like it was in the back of my mind like last summer. But then actually at that point, I'd gotten so solid with the fact of like, I am not willing to do what I needed to do. And in that time, the standard was just getting even closer and closer and closer. I was just like, I'm just not, I'm just not going to do it. And yeah. it had already taken a toll on my, obviously where Danny had said about having like issues with their menstrual health, I was in a silly position where I'd and I've just said this on a podcast recording this morning, like I put a coil in and just went, I'll deal with that later, which I shouldn't have done in hindsight and I wouldn't have done again. So I don't know if that was an issue, but it took a toll on my mental health. Again, the same with Danny. I wasn't showing up how I wanted to show up. I was not the woman I wanted to be. And I was waiting for that time. I was like, yeah, but I'm on prep, but I'm on prep. So well, when am I not going to be on prep then if this is the choice I'm going to be making? Mm-hmm. Um, I stepped into going full-time um, self-employed. Didn't have, if I'd have carried on with prepping, I wouldn't have had the energy to build my business. I didn't want to be a prep coach necessarily. So it was like, well, how do I now move into the coaching that I want to be doing if I'm surrounded by bodybuilding there was just so many different factors to it and I think just as I let time roll on I just realized that actually I'm really liking this place where I'm at now and the what I've given to other areas of my life and the more rounded person that I've become so that actually I would now not give any of that up to to prep Mm -hmm. again and it was particularly my relationships with my body I got tired of comparing myself. I got so tired of looking at my body and of thinking I wasn't good enough or thinking I had to bring this up or do this differently or thinking, right, well, I need to go and focus on this for the next six months before I lean down or whatever. I just got tired of it. And I think when I look now in terms of my food relationships and where I'm at with food, I just would not rock that boat because I've done it before. And I've said this again in a previous podcast that Danny and I have done. I did my first stint with the UKBFF and NABBA. And then I came off that stint, had an unbelievably bad rebound in like 2015, gained about two or three stone in a very short space of time, was on the floor crying mess, unhappy, sorted myself out and then went, all right, cool, I'm ready to prep again. And that was the worst decision I could have made because then I did the same thing. And then I needed to say to myself, actually... I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. Um, I don't know if you can relate, Charlie, but like I got to a point where I sort of had this realisation of I'm literally giving it all. I'm giving my entire life. I'm giving everything I've got to this thing. And I actually started to question, like, what am I gaining from this? And yeah, that's the point like that. where it was like, like, yeah, that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know how to answer that question anymore. Like, yeah. there was nothing. I was like, actually, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And that's the point where I realised, actually, shit, this is taking a lot from me and it's not actually really offering me anything anymore. Because mm, what was that saying? De- better the devil you know than the be- devil you don't know. I think I fucked that saying. But you know what I mean? I think it's like, sometimes it's just the easy route to do what you you know like you know to prep you know the feels like you know that life because you've lived it like before so that path is probably the in a weird way is the path of least resistance because you know it whereas the path of you know the path which is different you've never done before that's probably a bit like oh so you know there might be people listening to this that might be thinking shit I'm doing this 
I don't know why I'm actually doing this prep and maybe is a prep the easier option in my head right now than actually facing that potential issue that I've got with body image or gaining fat or relationship with food or anything like that like that can be a bit of a interesting kind of scenario to have in your head when you think about it I would say yeah. it all the time right so it's like it's easier to diet than to address your actual issues or feelings like I knew I'd have to then rebuild up my relationship with my body image rebuild up my relationship yeah. with food and that was going to be a hard thing to do but I was sick of taking the easy route and just jumping on another prep or oh I'll just book another photo shoot you see it all the time like well, I'll just book a photo shoot and I'll work towards that like stop putting something in to work towards and start working on working on the inner rather than the outer and the forward motion because that's all you're putting off doing is you're putting something else to work towards in whereas actually yeah it's going to be hard but when you actually take that time to work through it and Danny and I discussed this before and I'd say it's taken me till I'd say September October last year to think yeah I'm in a good place now like I'm I'm, I'm done with it I'm fine I'm good and I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and that's a long old period of time. Um, yeah. It's not going to be quick and you have to be, I guess you've gone, it's the same thing we talk about with regaining menstrual cycle, right? It's like, you're going to go from being on this, well, I'm going to do a 12 week cut into a photo shoot and then I'm going to do a 16 week prep and then I'm going to do a three month off season and then all this time structured stuff to go in. I'm going to commit to doing this and it's going to take as long as it takes until I get it right. Isn't um, that scary though? Like for me, I'm being honest here, like the thought of like right now of having to, even I would even class myself as like a bodybuilder in a sense that like it has to be like dead on and this time frame and that time frame. But the thought of having no, I guess, immediate, I go, I guess for me, like not take, taking away that goal completely and reshifting that goal into some, which is, I guess, a bit, it's not as like tangible, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not, it's as, not tangible. as tangible, but you've got it like, I think that, like if people feel the need to have these huge overarching goals that's maybe a sign that you need to take a step back and get used to not having them there because Mm. and question like why so why do you feel the need to have that goal there is that because there's other things that need addressing in life is that because you're scared of like sitting with yourself that's something that I by the way that's me talking to myself like is that because you're scared of sitting with what's going on and dealing with the emotions that might crop up I so like I don't know I think if I was talking and this is me being honest again I think if I spoke to bodybuilding people about yeah like I'm just kind of doing my own thing or I'm wanting I'm, I'm moving towards this goal and it isn't something which a bodybuilder or competitor can relate to and they'd give me that oh I think I'd be like oh shit I'm like I'm doing something wrong here like maybe you know maybe I'm not progressing and then I'll get him like that's the bodybuilder side of my head that would full-on come out thinking about it yeah. right now. Yeah. but then like now where myself and Charlie have spoken about like where we're at now now we haven't got this huge overarching goal we are much more complete people like I know that I'm a better coach I know that I'm a better human I know that I'm a better friend um I know that I have so much more about me and I also have my health and other things and those things are not things that I would ever want to give up now just for this big overarching goal so I think if you are going to go through this process this transition it's really important to 
appreciate the present moment and the benefits of this phase and the benefits of moving away from competing as opposed to and what will help is you know exposing yourself to a greater range of people that don't just value you for your bodybuilding success so you're not always having to answer these questions of when are you next stepping on stage or why haven't you got a bodybuilding goal because you ha- you you hang around with people who appreciate you for you and not you for your physique or you as an athlete and exposing yourself to different people on social media different bodies on social media is really helpful as well rather than you know it's it's funny because people in bodybuilding always talk about like your circle and being surrounded by like-minded people but it's actually really beneficial to be surrounded by a diverse range of people who appreciate you for different reasons I think I'm sitting in out I'm like shit if I was gonna move away from competing like what would be the next circle? Because I actually don't, I feel like I'd kind of be in this weird, like, well, my not quote unquote normal friends would just think, oh, you're giving it up. Oh, so you don't do anything now. But like, well, no, I don't. It's not because I don't want to do anything. I'm not, I'm like, oh, so that would be like a, a black zone for me. And I can't go back to the bodybuilding friends technically because then they'll just be like, so it's like, right, it's sitting here right now. I'm like, well, where the fuck would I go? Because I wouldn't, be, you'd have, no one would really get it because you'd have your normal friends that think you're just sucking it off completely. I'm like, well, no, it's not a case I'm just like, you know want to go out binge drinking every weekend like I used to but then my bodybuilding friends might be like maybe they would be but they might think oh well do you know what I mean but that's like you come to the flourishing competitor <laughs> well, there you go that <laughs> just answers it fucking hell <laughs> off the back of that like that's how you then form those different circles because yeah. you'll start to put yourself in different circles and then make not necessarily make new friends, but like you, you'll you'll retain the friends that respect you for you in the bodybuilding circle as well. Like I've definitely still yeah. like God, like Becky's one of my best friends. Like I still pose her, and I will still go to her shows if she chooses to compete as a pro. Like I, that's that she's still very much my friend. But we're friends on the basis of me and her, not on yeah. You'll only lose friends that aren't worth having. Like if someone only values you because you compete in bodybuilding that in my opinion is not a friendship with substance that's worth having in I my do opinion. think there are people like that though that does cross my mind it does yeah. cross my mind of thinking if I stop competing would you still be my mate or would you still want to talk to me I do I have generally thought about that so many times because there's been people in the past that on prep we've spoken all the time like oh this is like a really good friend and they get to off season and they just fuck off I'm like where, where, where the hell are they gone and I'm just a bit like oh okay like that that's a weird one to kind of deal with because the same way say for example like you you know you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you've both got the same group of friends then you break up with the boyfriend then you actually or the girlfriend then you lose as a result you lose the friends like yeah, that sounds very that 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 no because that actually <laughs> some of my closest friends are the friends of previous exes so I I retain the friends if I want that person as my friend they stay (laughs) you ain't got nowhere (laughs) um but I think like it's about setting boundaries with those people as well though like I still train in a bodybuilding gym but I'm so friendly with everybody in there that if anybody ever said to me like oh why are you oh you you don't train much anymore or do you not you know twice a week I like them all joke about it or whatever and I'll be like because I don't need to because I'm not trying to build tissue like you like being strong in your boundaries and being like why would I need to train like you do when I'm not doing what you do and being yeah. confident in, in that and being like yeah like this is what I'm doing now and don't get me wrong it's not like it's not like that confidence like you have to build that up by holding your boundaries 
doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like I remember like the first like the first time I started, I get I don't know, like training a little bit differently maybe and like experimenting with different types of training. I thought, oh someone's gonna say, like, what what you what are you doing? Like, you know, and like mm. yeah, so whatever. And I've, and actually when I thought actually get over it, like the second, third time I worried about it, I thought, no, because I'm actually comfortable just saying, yeah, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at now. Mm. Um, and people respect that. People respect when you actually stand up for your own boundaries and the people that don't, and they're not worth having around you. But how you measure progress changes. Okay, guys, so I'm just doing a bit of a voiceover over this because we technically ran out of time on the Zoom, but also the girls could only do a certain time. Like, honestly, that, like time completely flew and then we started talking before we started the recording so I have asked them and they're happy to come on for part two I feel like there's so much to cover with this topic and there's so many things that we can really delve into a lot deeper so I hope you guys have enjoyed part one if there's anything uh, if you've listened if you're listening to this episode like quite soon on so maybe a couple of days when it first launches please get any questions in or any topics in particular, but it's really got me thinking guys about like, you know, into the future for myself. Um, and it just shows like the power of having these conversations. So I'll leave it there. I'm going to leave Danny's Instagram, Charlie's Instagram, and also all the links for the flourishing competitor for you guys to all go and check it out. As I said, the community is absolutely free and I cannot stress the importance of doing the groundwork. The same way that you would go into a prep with the groundwork you need to do the same thing if you're coming away at some point so yeah i will see you guys in the next episode